0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Good friend, uh, and happy holidays to him and his great family, Neil Coolong. Sir, welcome.
1: It's great to be here as always. Thank you for having me.
0: Can you explain to me why Harvin is the number one punter in the Pro Bowl bo- voting?
1: Um, he's, he's a He's a fun guy. He is about as non-punter-like uh, a, a, a physical player, I think, that, that you'll ever see, um, and he plays for a marquee team. There, there's something that goes to something that goes to say if, if you are a Steelers fan filling out a full Pro Bowl ballot, you're never going to skip the punter. You know, in in this year's team, you're probably not skipping the kicker either. I don't know where, where's Boswell on that. Boswell's got to be. And he's right. a legitimate. A, a High end. I agree I mean, he's got with that. to be in the Pro Bowl. Yep. Um, Harvin, though, absolutely is not. Uh, he's not even one of the ten best punters in the AFC. I mean, it's it, it's pretty clear at this point. Um, it, it, not a not a good year. Uh, seventh round picks that it might play special teams for you. You don't really care about that. But if he's your starting punter, it's the worst decision in the world. Um, Harvin's a young player. There's a lot more that that he needs to learn and do. I think, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. He's popular because he's a big guy, and he just doesn't yeah. look like other punters. You know? No, he so does not. There's there's something to that that I think um, makes it kind of fun. Uh, he's got good personality. You see him. He's big into cars, apparently. Um, that's that's a that's definitely a selling point with a football based audience. <laughs> so, and he, he plays for a marquee team, and most fans that vote for that uh, probably don't know more than one punter in the league. So, yeah, um, I don't know he, he, where did Jordan Berry ever finish. Well yeah. I guess Steelers fans hated Jordan Barry. So yeah. I mean, they didn't vote for him. They skipped the punter. You know, no. more votes coming in for the punter position now than ever has more because Steelers <laughs> fans Steelers fans love the guy they've got now, who happens to be one of the worst in the league.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, so now let's get to the game on Saturday. We could talk all the analytics you want all over the place. Analytics this, analytics that you win giveaway takeaway. And not only that, you get your takeaways on their side of the field. Your odds of winning increase exponentially. And i get—I got to give the Steelers defense credit. They set up the offense beautifully.
1: That really is everything in a nutshell. For a game that I'll, at some point, and maybe you'll help me market this, at some point I'll put together some type of package going over the weirdest Steelers games that we've seen. And this one might mm-hmm. be on there. It's yeah. not quite uh, Houston at Pittsburgh, in which the Texans got 47 yards of offense and won by three scores.
0: Right.
1: It's not the stuck in the muck game, the three nothing affair against Miami in torrential downpour with a, a, a layer of sod that hadn't connected to the to the ground yet. This, though, you will not find many games in which the winning team is so badly dominated in almost every phase of the game. I know. But every example that's like this. You're going to find exactly what you just found a significant turnover advantage. And in my opinion, a big factor of this uh, is a kicker that didn't miss. I mean, you know, he trot him out there for 57 at the end of the half. I mean, that, yeah, that's not right. That you know, I'm not worried about that. That's for all missed. intents and purposes, he's four for four and right. two for two, or three for three in the second half. That's your game. He misses one of those tense ties, and there's nothing to, to make me think at some point. Um, Deontay Foreman's not breaking a tackle and going the distance because they, they couldn't stop anything. They were, uncapa- they were incapable of stopping water from running downhill when the Titans had the ball. And the only problem was the Titans had a, a, a trap floor or something around a certain part, part of the middle of the field, the flats, in which they couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, they, they fumbled. Um, well, give them credit for this. One, I mean, the, the, the Tannehill fumble uh, on the center exchange That happens. It's a fluky thing. You you want to eliminate that. Obviously, though, not a forced takeaway. The other three were forced takeaways. Plays on the ball that the Steelers had to make. And they were on the field most of the game. Have you ever seen a winning team have 20 minutes of possession before? No. That doesn't happen often. The Steelers ran 41 plays. 41 plays. Titans were like 85 or something like that. Just a, a significant control advantage of the game. It, it all simply came down to the fact that Steelers, the, the Steelers got the ball back uh, four times and got four field goals out of them. So to the field position part, ironically, if the Titans hadn't dominated, they might have turned the ball over a little bit deeper in right. territory. They, the Steelers had to to go a little bit further, but uh, they got them early in downs as well. So uh, early in in some of those series. I, I I forget the stat in front of me that I, I, I was looking at when we did our podcast earlier this week, but the Steelers had, I think like one drive over three minutes and that was their touchdown drive, which was aided by, by two penalties. So they, they didn't move the ball for anything. Um, you take out Najee Harris's one seven yard run, which really felt like the only positive running at all game, right? 11 carries for 11 yards. It doesn't get much worse than that. I mean, that's, that's just, that's bad. You're not doing anything with that. Um, Titans are a really good football team. We saw a lot of reasons why they were a really good football team, but uh, they're kicking themselves today. There's, oh, man, many reasons they should not have lost that game. They were clearly the better team on the field that day. Uh, the Steelers just made, you know, the, the it, call them eight biggest plays, four field goals and four takeaways.
0: Yeah, uh, remarkable. Um that they won the game, but they did. Uh, they did enough to capitalize. They only had the one touchdown, in maybe the more one of the more awkward quarterback sneaks I've ever seen. Uh, but they had the one <laughs> <Which> touchdown. One? <laughs> yeah, no, really, the second. Well, they both were awkward. And like <laughs>
1: second one, the second one it almost seemed like they just let him in because they were worried about him. It's like, look, if you want it that bad to have it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hit you like that. I don't know what you're doing, but it's it's not what we're used
0: to. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, um, remarkably, they're seven, six, and one. They're not, you know, they're still on the outside looking in for the playoffs. But they got Kansas City coming up. So, so where are you know? I, I I said last week to you, is there this is the strangest Steeler team you've seen? And we both feel that way. Where is this team good? Well, there's no doubt they're solid at these spots, and they're good.
1: They don't have any. They really don't. They're, they're not a good football team. And Sunday is, is proof positive of that. They got destroyed in every aspect of that game except for four plays, and they somehow won the game. You know, and it give, give them the stop at the end. That was a big-time play.
0: Yes, it was. Um,
1: tough, tough play. Needed that to happen. Ryan Tannehill is a good, a good passer. They have a good offensive team. Uh, they weren't good Sunday in, in some ways, but by and large, they were playing really well. The Steelers got those those big plays. Um, you're, you're seeing T.J. Watt play at a, a defensive player of the year level. Um, he made a couple plays. I thought Cam Hayward resurrected uh, himself pretty well after kind of a quiet uh, past two games. They're able to play within plays on defense, but beyond that, they're not good. And the Titans played exactly that. They were so safe, so careful with the ball. They were not trying to put themselves into the exact position that they ended up in. I guarantee you, Mike Vrabel was breaking stuff in the locker room because of that. They they absolutely had an advantage. It, this, this is always a topic of conversation. Just because Team A is great at rushing the ball and Team B is not statistically, it doesn't mean that Team A is going to come in to team B and, and run all over them. Right. Just because they have great rushing stats does not mean they are a great philosophical rushing team. They want to do this. This is their desire to do this. In this case, it really was the perfect storm for the Steelers because you're playing a team that wants to run the ball. They right. enjoy the fact that your run defense is historically bad right now. And they they made they took advantage of every opportunity that they got in that regard. So Tennessee had the perfect opponent for them in, in so many ways for them to lose that game on anywhere, you know, break this down another time, but anywhere from five to eight plays of the 120 some that were run. Those are the only ones, in my opinion, that Tennessee really lost. <laughs> and right. They end up that cost them 19 points. Um, it, it's, it's just unbelievable. But the Steelers, the only way they were going to win that game, it was the last card in the deck. The only way they were going to win that game is if they were plus four in takeaways, and their kicker didn't miss anything. And they, they'll they'll get a touchdown because that's the NFL. You're going to get the long pass interference. You're going to get uh, the roughing the passer. You're going to get into a short yardage situation. You'll score a touchdown in the NFL unless Urban Myers coaching you. But right. By and large, exactly. you, you should be able to get at least, in my opinion, ten points. Right. You know, it, that that it, it won't. It, a team could easily score ten or more points every game we shouldn't be surprised by that at all. The Steelers wouldn't have had that without the takeaways and Tennessee played in my opinion their 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 plan was absolutely perfect. It was exactly what they should have done. They went deep, i think like twice they missed those two by the way. they were open um, tannehill didn't see one of them He missed on another one that happens um, you can't blame that necessarily, but they played very conservatively they didn't try to to knock them out early, they just mm-hmm. wanted to, to control the ball and grind them away. Make TJ Watt rushing the passer not a factor in the game. They, they're, they're, I haven't seen the number of it, but their rush success on first down was was enormous. I swear they were averaging like nine yards a carry on first down alone. Um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh didn't do anything to prevent any of that. So for for Tennessee to have lost that game on a couple plays, I mean mm-hmm. it, it's it's a totally bizarre game. And in, in this case, um, for, for the Steelers, it, it shows the thing they do well is they can come up with big plays on defense. Beyond that, they really are not a very good football team.
0: Yeah, Ben has a passer rating in the fourth quarter that is much higher than the rest of the game. Why?
1: Um, I think a lot of that, and this this game, notwithstanding, but a lot of that, is caused by the fact that his passer rating in the first three quarters of many games was pretty bad that's and true you're, you're playing against you're playing in a comeback environment and we, we, we've discussed this when, when you've got a, a defense that is letting you take the middle of the field so you can't get out of bounds and you can waste clock because they've got scores to give they don't care about the gambling line their main thing is to not let you you're going to have to work to get down inside the red zone. Mm -hmm. Then things will tighten up a little bit. They're going to concede most of the field as long as you trade two and a half, three minutes in order to get there. Mm -hmm. Ben has taken advantage of that. Ben's mistakes don't come in those situations naturally. Um, And then uh, in many of those games, he's finished it off. Chargers, the Vikings. um, He's been able to get the most out of himself later in the game and that, that's a testament to him. I don't think a lot of those games, Vikings in particular, I don't think that was Ben's fault. I thought no. Ben did fine. Uh-huh. a lot of problems offensively in that game. Right. But he, when, when everyone else got to his level, they were playing pretty well. And you, you stack enough of those games together, uh, your numbers jump, especially when you are taking advantage of it. In other words, what used to be a fight for six yards is now an easy 15-yard completion. He gets enough of those. He gets a touchdown pass here and there. Um, if he never sees the ball again, his rating is great. But that doesn't really indicate, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, within proper context, what that's really saying because they are so far behind, uh, especially lately in a lot of these games.
0: And they are. I mean, that's the odd part about it. They're behind a lot. When you've looked at Kansas City, why are they more consistent compared to the early part of the season?
1: Uh, to me, watching them on film, clearly it's defense. If you watch them defensively in the first couple weeks, it's a disaster. They're really not uh, uh, fundamentally very strong, and their offense was not able to carry all of it. Uh, they've got you know, several new players on their offensive line, so I, I think there were things they had to work through um, offensively and defensively. The defense was worse off, though. It's not because of Melvin Ingram, right. but to the point where I, I'm convinced, uh Ingram didn't want to, quote-unquote, play more. That's why he requested a trade. This is just my opinion. I think he talked to Kansas City. Kansas City definitely saw a need. Ingram told Pittsburgh he wants to get traded. Kansas City is the only team that's going to give Pittsburgh what they want. So right.
0: uh,
1: it, trade works out. It, it's – call it an in-season trade. You know, under the table, uh, free agent acquisition—they they got him, and he has helped uh, bolster depth at a couple spots. Mm-hmm. You know, he's playing a very similar role and very similar snap counts to what he did in Pittsburgh. We shouldn't be surprised. He is virtually the same player, and and he's a good player. I, I was really excited when the Steelers signed him. Um, he, he's shown why he's a quality player, and you can use him in a lot of different ways. Kansas City has now that that kind of extra dimension um, that I think Ingram would have provided. If if, had he stayed in Pittsburgh, but with that, Kansas City was able to shore up things within their front seven. Uh, That translates into the to the their secondary that's playing a lot better than it was, and they've put it together now to the point. um, Well, they're they're this week's AFC team that's probably going to win the Super Bowl. Who who knows what's going to be after that? You know, it it, it's been like that all season, but they're they're still a great football team. They have been for for several years now, and that will continue. It'll it'll continue to be that way. I'd imagine you know certainly on on Sunday. <laughs> I don't like to the Steelers' chances much in that game. Uh, Kansas City is really good. I think Pittsburgh will will you know bite down and give them, give them the business, but it, it's uh, not a real favorable matchup. Uh, Kansas City is is superior to them in pretty much every aspect of the game.
0: When you look at Patrick Mahomes, it looks like they're they're trying to do the simple things right now. How much do you think that's benefited him? Because I felt like he was just trying to force everything early in the season, and it cost him left and right.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And usually, uh, what you could say um, if you're forcing it down the field is you're running too much deep stuff. Yeah. And if a team is being more prepared for that, if they're playing more cover three, if they're dropping back more, you have to take the underneath stuff. And perhaps Mahomes wasn't doing that. Um, trying to, he's he's trying to do the electric things that he always does, and it right. didn't work out in his favor. Uh, deep passes are, historically, at best, 50-50. You know, that that's where that term comes from as far as football goes. 50-50 balls, this guy is, you know, he's great in the air. Uh, Mahomes was a much better than 50-50 quarterback. Yeah. You have to feel like at some point that's going to regress. And I think it's not that anyone's figuring him out or catching up to anybody. That's football week to week, though. The more film you put down, the more they are going to discover about you and your tendencies. Um, people, I don't want to say caught up to it, but they figured out you really have to take away uh, Hill more than anything else. And mm-hmm. Tyreek, the the stuff that they, that they do, it, it's absolutely unbelievable. Tyreek Hill is running, in, in many cases, 60-yard routes. Yes, he is. And Mahomes is able to get out of the pocket and get to a spot where he's comfortable uh, with the insane amount of arm talent that he has. He's comfortable hitting him wherever he is. And if you watch Hill, he is running the deepest slant you've ever seen, and then he's running the deepest corner you've ever seen. He's got a gigantic greater-than sign in his route that eats up almost 70 yards of, of pure space, and it's taken him five and a half seconds to do it. Mahomes is able to move out of the pocket and make that throw that deep down the field. That's where their big plays come from. But right. when you are kind of cutting that off and not allowing it, he doesn't have that option. I think, you know, maybe he, he went for it a little bit more than he should have uh, earlier this year. They're using Kelsey a lot more, which they should. And Kelsey is, in my opinion, the best tight end of the game. Right. Um, he, he's, he's a beast in every phase, at every level in your passing game. Uh, they're, they're using him in that more uh, than, than they have. And Mahomes, I think, has you know, he's he's calmed his game down to the point where he's he's looking to make completions. He is taking what the defense is giving him. Whereas before, I think he, he did try to force it probably more than uh, than even an elite talent like like himself should have.
0: One final question that deals with the NFL ta- reducing its testing. In other words, if you are vaccinated and you feel fine, right, you are not going to get tested. It's a simple. You don't want
1: to know. Right?
0: No, you know, if you're <laughs> asymptomatic. I mean, you feel. I mean, look. I mean, let's face it, Neil. You know, you know when you feel sick. Um, so, what was your thought on what the NFL did there? Because with Omicron going on right now, they're the group that scaled it back.
1: Yeah, it, it's it, it, you, history will judge this as something that is purely being done. Uh, to, to placate the exact issue that they've never been able to contain anyway. What's happening right now is exactly what you can expect to happen, considering um, the the transmission rate of the virus, as we know it. it, it's spreading. You know, it's not rocket surgery. We know that this happens. So you have groups of people who are in tight proximity Um, If they took away the mask mandate, which they did, basically the NFL banked heavily on bullying the players into getting the vaccine and felt the vaccine was going to prevent it. And that's not just, it's not what a vaccine does. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not a, a, I'm not a scientist, but I just know that that's not what a vaccine does. They can all have it. They're still going to get it if they're exposed to it. So in a way there isn't much you can do to hide But wearing a mask and staying away from people is probably the best way to lower the risk of a spread. Mm -hmm. If you're still doing that, whether you're vaccinated or not, makes no difference. So the fact that now they are saying this comes down to being symptomatic or not, what are we doing? You may as well just throw the whole thing out. It doesn't matter anymore. What you're saying is you're taking the guy who has, you know, a, a, a bad cough out of the room, and frankly. Might have, might have wanted to do that all along anyway, I mean, right it, yeah. it, 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 from a, from a strategic standpoint, you don't want to get your whole locker room sick with the flu heading into the playoffs. Right. so this isn't any different. so it, the whole thing in, in my mind is we're going to have to find a more efficient way to get guys on the field because somehow we did not really take seriously the possibility that 25-plus players on a team might test positive. System. Right. And to me, it, it's laughable simply because there is absolutely nothing that should have, have encouraged them to think the way that they did at the beginning of all this. Right. It truly is all or nothing. Um, they're doing a, like a random sample, too, aren't they? Yes. That's not going to accomplish anything. No. The, the, the one guy who has it that doesn't get sick, can, doesn't show symptoms, can pass it on. Yep. Just because these three guys that you tested didn't doesn't mean it's not in your locker room. Right. There's nothing statistical statistically valid about what they're doing. So to me, it's like you're either even, even less intelligent than I thought you were, or what you are really trying to do is keep the teeth of something in place while cutting down kind of the rest of it to make sure that you can play playoff games. Cause that that's the real concern here. Um, they're not able to do a whole lot of what they did this weekend. And they said at the beginning, they absolutely do not want to do this again. But the reality was sooner rather than later, it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they, they felt, again, their strategy was to bully the players into getting the vaccine. Um, and in doing that, that enabled them in their eyes to lower the restrictions uh, that the players would have to take. That, that was kind of the, the, the quid pro quo uh, deal between the, the, uh, the league and the union. It, it makes no sense at all because this, this isn't something that can be compromised. You know, you're, you're either all in or you're not. Um, you, you may as well be honest about what you're doing.
0: Well, we're all in with you. So, all right. here we go. Appreciate That's all we need, right? Hey, appreciate you very much. We'll talk next week.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you.